The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's a two-on-one for the Senators. Brady Kachuk, left wing, hitting for the net. Wrist shot. Score! Senators win 4-3 in overtime. Brady Kachuk, second of the game. The winner. Brady Kachuk opens the scoring and closes the scoring as the Ottawa Senators get a 4-3 overtime decision over the Edmonton Oilers. So the Oilers' record drops to 33-34 and 8 on the season. It is a countdown to official elimination now for the Oilers. Six points out with seven games to play in the regular season. Thanks a lot for joining us this afternoon. It is 5.04 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We're high atop the ice surface at Rogers Place where in two and a half hours the Edmonton Oil Kings will face off in game one of their playoff series against the Medicine Hat Tigers. Well Rob, the Oilers never have the lead in this game. They did uh, fight back three times from one goal deficits to tie it but they ultimately cannot pull ahead. No, the Ottawa Senators came and played a very good hockey club. Um, bunch of players. I know the people watching the game tonight, and I know I up here in the press box, there's a lot of players on the Ottawa Senators I don't know very much about, but I do know this. After watching them play, uh, they are quick. They battle hard. They do the detailed things very well. Uh, they may lack skill, but they didn't lack heart, and tonight they simply outwork the Oilers in a lot of different areas on the ice. Uh, their goaltender, Anderson, made a couple big saves when he had to, and they took a, a very, very important extra point away from the Edmonton Oilers. Well, to me, Rob, this is the Oilers. This is a this is a very mm-hmm. blatant indication of who they are in this season. They, they were dangerous when consistently two players were on the ice together, McDavid and Dreisaitl, sometimes when other two players were on the ice. I mean, you contrast this with the game against Columbus. Well, the Oilers got contributions from everybody. They got a depth goal. The big guys then took the game over in the third period. They checked well. They limited shots against. They got the goaltending. Um, but uh, but the talent isn't there to do that night after night. And and good players are also consistent players. You, you can bring the same thing night after night, and I think the Oilers have... You know, again, a lot of guys that aren't at that point in their careers or, or maybe never have been and, and perhaps never will be. And if there's just a little drop-off in the Oilers game, I mean, you said it pregame, they can beat anyone, they, they can lose to anybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they beat a, a decent team in Columbus a couple days ago. Not a great team, but a decent team. Tonight they lose to the team in last place. Well, and, and the one thing that you see over and over with, with the Oilers is the number of great scoring chances they give up. Uh, they still are plagued by big mistakes. Uh, the goal that made it 3-2 for Ottawa late in the third period was a two-on-one. You know, you're in a, a tie hockey game. Uh, time's running out. You're in desperation mode. Your playoff lives are, are, are in the balance. And your defenseman dumps the puck in and chases. Now, this to me is a risk-reward type thing. And I love Oscar Kleffbaum, and he's had, uh, you know, a, 
once he's come back, the team has been much better with him in the lineup, but he dumps the puck and then he goes in on four checks. Now he's playing on a line with Cassian, McDavid, and Dreisaitl, three very offensive hockey players. Soon as he goes in, well, now one of those players has to back up. Uh, Oscar and and they don't do that. Leon tries to catch up to the player, but it starts with Oscar leading a rush. He does risk reward. The ri reward of him getting in there in the forecheck is maybe the others might get control of the puck. The risk is all of a sudden if someone doesn't back you up, it's going back the other way, and your defenseman is now 200 feet away from where he's supposed to be protect protecting. Then Ottawa comes out in a two on one, and because no one backed up in the proper positioning, here they have a two on one break on an Euler dumping. In a matter of seconds, the Oilers went from dumping the puck in to giving a, a two-on-one break in a game that they're tied late in the hockey game. Uh, you just can't give up plays like that. The play in overtime, now I know it's, it's just a, a balance that was very fortunate for Ottawa, but then again, it was a two-on-one break for, for the Ottawa Senators. There were a couple times where there was another two-on-one that they, they missed where uh, Larson was diving, made a big, a big play defensively. They give up too many of those chances. And when you're a team that doesn't score a lot. And the Oilers, as much as you, you look in the, the stats and you see McDavid career year, Dreisaitl career year, Nugent Hopkins, they still are not a high-scoring hockey club. So when you don't score a lot of goals, you can't make big mistakes. And the Oilers made too many tonight and, frankly, made too many most of the season. Well, you're right. And, well, I mean, why are they in this situation? They're still 9-5-3 and three in their last 17 mm -hmm. games, which is a decent record. Not a world-beater record, but a decent record. But they've been, they've been playing catch-up the whole entire time, and that's why we've been kind of uh, tempering sometimes when tempering the excitement when we've had people calling in saying, oh, they're going to the playoffs. It's this many points. It's this many points. I mean, they're running out of games. They're six points out now with a game to come tonight that could affect them, a couple more tomorrow that, that could affect them. So they've had a, a decent, really, month of 17 games, and as of right now, they've made up one point, and they could go into Tuesday's game against L.A. even because they were seven points at the start of this decent little and, stretch and, here. And if the Wild win their game today, then they've made yeah. up zero points. Yeah. So, well, and, and here's what, it, and this is why we have been very, um, as you say, tempered or, or not too excited about uh, the run and the, the playoff opportunities or the chances be there's a I don't know if it's a something a stat that shows that at the American Thanksgiving so we're talking about in November the the it's something like 95 percent or yeah, something it's usually silly. 13 or 14 of, of the, the teams, teams in a playoff spot on American Thanksgiving and that's in November in so it just showed with with the schedule and teams playing against each other and trying to come back that when you're trying to make up this many points this late in the season teams that are out of it in November, very rarely come back and make the playoffs. So the Oilers today, I mean, two teams are chasing, played each other. Chicago and Colorado, one of them was going to win. So when the Oilers didn't get two points, they were automatically losing a point to someone ahead of them. Uh, they just made it a whole lot tougher, obviously, uh, with, with a loss here tonight. There's, I know that people are going to look back, three points they lost to Ottawa and, and New Jersey in the last week. But that is not... Well, again... There's so many... You can go through the whole season. They had a stretch of 25 games where they yeah. won six. That, that, tends, that tends to put you behind the eight. That is why they're not in the playing, playoffs. That yes. tends to have you playing catch-up as, as disappointing as some of the results have been lately. And I wonder, too, and we're going to get to post-game reaction in the dressing room here in a little bit. Hitch made a comment a couple of weeks ago that we play better when we're afraid. And I thought that game against Columbus, the Oilers got you know, beat up pretty bad by two superior teams mm -hmm. to end the road trip. 
And against Columbus, you know, they looked determined. We, we can't have that happen again. We got to bail out our goaltender. Koskinen made the saves he needed to. They only gave up 20 shots. They, they got the goals they needed. And, you know, you were talking about the, the cleft bomb dump in. It's, it's certainly in the first period tonight. I don't think it was as blatant the rest of the game, but certainly in the first period. There was a little bit of globetrotter hockey, I thought. Like, oh, here's a here's the pass that can advance the puck and get us in safely. I'm going to try the 80-foot uh, pass to give us a two-on-one or, or a breakaway. No, I know they did get a breakaway from Chase on, but that was a – I mean, he was wide open to get in on that. So, you know, you know, I feel like if they go – I don't know. I'm probably generalizing a little bit because I don't think it's been a problem in every game. But it, but it, sometimes I get the feel where if they get, go into a game, especially lately thinking like, oh, man, we got like, to tighten up here. This could get really bad. They're almost more likely to hang around in that game then take control of, of a team where you think, okay, if they can jump on them in 10 minutes and really play hard and detailed, they, then they'll get the advantage. They don't seem to be able to bring that. Uh, they don't seem to play as, as careful and as thorough against some of the teams that are, that are having poor seasons. Well, the words you just do, hard and detailed, I think that's something that the others get away from. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they can play a little loose and still come out on the other side with a win because they're deep teams. They've got, if their top line isn't going, they got a second and third line that can score as well. They got all, both those teams have, or all those teams have fourth lines that can contribute. So they sometimes, and, and you can't be hard and detailed for 82 games, it's impossible. Physically, mentally, you cannot do it. But you have to be for the majority of the time. The Oilers against Columbus the other day, the first period was boring. Like seriously, it was boring. Shots were 4-2 and chances were 0-0. Zero to zero. But they played hard in detail. They were in their own zone. They gave up nothing. Tonight against Ottawa, they were a little looser. They, they gave up chances against. They were cheating or um, anticipating plays going one way. And when it didn't, all of a sudden they were caught. And there's great examples. Leon Dreisaitl trying to make the cross-ice pass out of the zone. Everyone was going one way. And when it gets knocked out of the air, it's coming back against you. And the rule of thumb is always stay below the puck and in the defensive zone. And the Oilers got away from that tonight. And the Ottawa Senators may not be the, the most skilled team, but if you give them well, ice time, yeah. uh, you give them short ice to work on, which the Oilers did at times, they can create things. These guys are still National Hockey League players. So uh, the Oilers were not as hard and they were not as detailed against the Ottawa Senators as they were against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they paid the price. Senators win 4-3 in overtime. Rob, you mentioned the Oilers not scoring a lot. I counted here. I didn't realize it had been this long. It has been 29 games since January 14th since we've seen the Japanese Village goal light. That's what we turn on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, it allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. All right, let's head down to the Hall of Fame room. Courtesy of GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's head coach Ken Hitchcock. After having such a great effort with so much on the line against Columbus, how do you reconcile, you know, today's game and a loss to, to the Senators? Well, what would you say to Toronto? They lost 6-2 to this team. And when you're a team that skates as well as they do, they put a, a lot of pressure on you. It's the same as New Jersey. New Jersey skates so well. They completely dominated Arizona in the game today. Foot speed matters. And we've struggled for most of the year against foot speed. And we knew that going in. 
and we knew when they added their players, they brought them back to play, that that was more foot speed. That's our struggle. It's not the opponent. Not going to tell me our team wasn't ready. We're ready to battle today. But foot speed matters, and we have to find a, a better way to negate the foot speed. We, we shut down Columbus's foot speed by hemming them in. And today they got loose on us. What Duclair had, what, three breakaways? And the foot speed problem, uh, that's a problem for us. So we've got to fix that. When you talk about fixing that, is it, I mean, we've talked before about playing faster. No, it's, it's um, finding a way to spend more time in the offensive zone. Either pour more bodies in to maintain puck possession, win more board battles. When we had them on the run in the second period and for a little bit of the third, we did a really good job at hanging on to the puck, at winning the second quick against the boards, and then maintaining. Our, our game is, we're not an, other than one line, we're not an off-the-rush team. We're a team that needs to control the ozone, which is what we did against Columbus, and then what we did for periods of time. But as soon as these guys got loose on us, they, they, they come out with numbers and speed, and that's... That's the way they're built. And this is the same as New Jersey and, quite frankly, the same as Vegas. And every year you're in coaching in the league, it's a different team and a different scenario. Sort of. Can you, at this point of the season, look back and uh, what are some of your impressions that you've been left with this year with, uh, you know, going off in all sorts of different directions? There, there, you must have a million of them. Well, first thing for me, Terry, and I... This has been the best experience of my life. And I, and I mean that sincerely. To be able to coach in a market like this where it means so much, I've never experienced this. I've always been, like we kind of got to second fiddle in, in, uh, in Dallas there, you know, when the Cowboys were struggling. And for me to be in this environment has just been an unbelievable experience. Like it's, I wouldn't pass this for the world. It's been... Uh, a real eye-opener, how much it means, how much it means every place you go, and I just, I feel freaking lucky, to be honest with you, to get a chance to do this. But at the same time, it's also my first experience where people, they don't, they're not, I, they're not so much fans as they're fans and analysts. They, they don't just watch hockey here, they analyze it. And I sit and talk to people and I'm learning stuff from them because they analyze so deep. And that's, a, that's an environment that I've never seen before. And so from that, from an experience standpoint, man, this has been unbelievable. What's it been like, uh, sorry, just an extension to that. What's it been like coaching this group? Um, well, I think you've got to be careful uh, as a coach here because you want it so bad for them and for the city. You've you got to be careful. And, and I mean that, that there's, you're dealing with pressure in a completely different way than you would in the United States. And, and you have to be really careful on how you handle that. So I think from that experience, having being a coach for a long time, I think that's really helped me, but the pressure and the obligation that the f players feel is something that you have to really nurture as a coach here because it, man, it means everything. I, you know, the, the, comment, the comment that I heard is, and this is, believe me, it's nothing against the Eskimos, but somebody told me, he said, we go to Eskimo games 
because there's not much else to do until the Oilers play. And and that's it's quite a statement. And it just shows you how much everything means to people. And I think once you get a grasp of that and a handle of it, you learn how to you learn how to maneuver through the weeks and days and stuff like that. But it is it's incredible. All right, this Ken Hitchcock. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Ottawa Senators. Brady Kachuk, two goals, including the overtime winner. Chase on McDavid and Cave for the Oilers. Chase on gets up to 21 on the season. McDavid gets his 38th. It's his 108th point that ties a career high. Colby Cave, his third of the season. Two of them with the Oilers. Both have been against Ottawa. Yeah, great shot too. It was a nice play that that line made. They got in on the forecheck. They first forced the turnover, and Cave just finds a, a quiet spot in the offensive zone. Gets the puck on a stick on and off very quickly. And Anderson, who played very well, was beat completely clean on that one. Uh, a big goal for Cave. Uh, he's played well as of late. Probably, and I know the hit just talked about the fact that they haven't been rewarded with any offense. Well, tonight they were rewarded, and because of that line, we're able to salvage a point out of this hockey game. All right, 4-3 sends in overtime. Get the win. You can get us at 780-496-0063. It's 20 after 5. We will welcome Brad on the open line. Brad, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, so not too, too much. Um, I'm just curious. Um, so on that last play that uh, Ottawa scored on, um, how is that not a penalty on McDavid causing the two-on-one? So McDavid comes around. Yeah, you probably I don't agree with him being so low. But Shabbat sticks out his hand and appears to obviously interfere with Connor. Yeah, now, that, 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 happens, that happens all the time. They'll never right. make that call. They'll never right. make that and call. Now, going on to that, though, how going into especially like all the gambling and stuff like that that goes on with the NHL, how do you think that the officials are going to start cracking down on that? Because if it, this keeps going on and on and on, then how do you see, I guess, that part going on for you know, like lawsuits and things like that? So, uh, Brad, I'm really, I'm really sorry. We, I missed the first part of the so question. You, how about lawsuits if they keep, because of gambling, you think that people are going to sue if they, a referee doesn't make a call on that play? Well, no, but if these calls are continuously being missed and missed and missed... That's, that, that's, but, that's, that was my question about that. Well, I mean, the very the last game that we played against Columbus, uh, what Connor McDavid did to, I think it was Seth Jones, was worse than the, what was happened there. I mean, it's it's a call that's not called, and it's and it's not it, honestly it's not a penalty. There was, and you didn't see any Oilers arguing about it because they knew it wasn't a penalty. Uh, as for referees in every sport, there's always going to be mistakes made, and I'm not calling that a mistake. Uh, that's just part of the game. Mistakes are part of the hockey game. So it, it, with gambling and stuff, well, if you're gambling on something, well, that's a gamble, whether or not the referee makes the calls you want or the or the breaks go your way. There was a ref in the NBA a few years ago who was okay, now calling he, some fouls late in the game <laughs> or non-fouls to adjust the point spread a little bit. Yeah, things didn't work out well for him after he got caught. No, 4-3, uh, and they weren't calling a lot today. And they nope. obviously there was only one power play in the last game against Columbus, just three tonight. But the Oilers' penalty killing, we haven't even talked about that today. We've talked about it a lot this season. I, I did a sort all the way to the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oilers' penalty killing since the beginning of last season obviously is worse than the NHL. It's at 75%. So, I mean, one out of every four power plays against, they give up a goal. And when we talk about it all the time, you and I, uh, this summer, one of the things that the Oilers are going to have to go out and acquire or one of the, is penalty killers. They, because, and I know that Bob and Jack touched on it a little bit, this is uh, 
well, as they said, this is three coaches that have had through the penalty killing. They've had uh, Ken Hitchcock, they've had Todd McClellan, and then Jim Johnson ran the penalty killing for a while too. So it, it's not the setup because they've had three very good coaches well, the best try to do it. The best it's done was after McClellan took it over for the last third of last season. It was actually quite good down the stretch of last year. Now those games didn't mean anything mean it, yes. to the Oilers. And in the summer... I think they thought Brodziak and Reeder could help the penalty kill. Well, Brodziak's been supplanted by Leon as the top face-off guy on the PK. And I mean, and he's know, been a healthy scratch at times. So Yeah, and I mean, Reeder's had a tough year all around, so those two guys didn't... didn't but yeah, that, that's definitely something that needs to be repaired. Oh. I mean, that's... I'm not, I'm not saying if they have top 10 penalty killing, they're... They're, well, they might have three more wins, actually. Yeah, they, they would. be closer to a playoff Yeah, spot. absolutely they would. Uh, their penalty killing has cost them so many hockey games. Uh, the one power play goal tonight was bad luck. The other one was bad coverage. And the thing that you got to remember, too, if you if you don't have good penalty killing, you can't take silly penalties. And the one that Milan Lucic took early yeah, in this I hockey mean, game, uh, that that's a penalty 100 times out of 100, and for no reason. He, he grabbed a guy and spun him around 200 feet from his own net. Uh, and it was a race. Like, he could have actually won the race to the puck. So you can't take silly penalties when your penalty killing doesn't stop the other team ever. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Brady Kachuk scores twice, including the overtime winner. Here he is, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Take us through the winner. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I you know, take some backwards skating lessons after that uh, tough gap. But, um, yeah, I thought once I had the puck in the D zone, I thought, you know, McDavid and Dreisler were behind me. But I don't know what happened. But then I saw it was just Rudy and I, and, um, you know, the D was cheating over to Rudy. So had the lane to shoot, and um, uh, I guess it was a lucky shot. I, I guess I went through him. So, um, you know, we'll take it. It was a huge team win. But in this season of firsts for you, what's it feel like to get your first game winner in an overtime? Um, you know, pretty cool. It's uh, you know, three on three, especially against this team. It's uh, you, know, you got two of you know, the best players in the NHL. It's uh, you know, or some of the best in the NHL. It's um, you know, you really gotta you know be smart, and and you know they're gonna use their use their skills. So you gotta just be patient. And um, yeah, it was uh, you know, it's pretty exciting to be out there in the three on three. It's uh, you know a lot of chances. So. Um, no, yeah, I know our team had a lot of fun with it. Every, uh, everybody feels for goal, for players who go through long droughts without yeah. scoring here. What uh, What's the team yeah. feel for Craig Anderson? So. Yeah, well, he's been a rock all year. He's um, you know, he's been one of our best players, if not our best player. And um, no, some games we got to help him out a, you know, a lot more. And um, no, he's been great all year. And um, no, some unfortunate bounces and some there's some late goals that um, you know he was great all game and. Um, but no, he he played outstanding again tonight. It's I feel like every game, you know, we always say he's he's outstanding. So um, you know, he's a rock, and um, you know he's a great guy in the locker room that uh, has really helped uh, us young guys out. So um, no, it's it's great to see him uh, kind of get that monkey off his back. How'd you approach the power play? Um, yeah, well, we've we've had a lot of chances on the power play, so um, you know we just wanted to bear down and and um, you know get pucks on that and, and get four guys um, on the inside. So um, you know there's power play came up big uh, today, so um, you know we got to keep learning from it and keep uh, using it moving forward. Scott Johnson working the Senators' dressing room. Brady Kachuk now up to 19 goals on the season. Yeah, he's a Kachuk. Uh, I mean, you can see him. Being a bit of an irritant out there too. Very effective. He uh, he gets in the other people's grill. He plays with edge. 
he's uh, got nice hands and he's a difference maker. Uh, both Kachuks, and we've seen a lot of the one down the down south in Calgary. Both Kachuks are are going to be stars in this league for a long, long time. And the thing that they both seem to have, they both seem to have some leadership qualities too. As they go, the team seems to follow. All right, let's check the scoreboard here for Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. Early, no score, Predators and Jets, Rangers, Maple Leafs, Sabres, Canadians. Halfway through the first, Bruins up one nothing on the Panthers. No score, Wild and Hurricanes, Minnesota hoping to hop back into a playoff spot with a win. Later, Lightning at St. Louis. Tampa Bay going for their 59th win of the season. Not bad. They're having a heck I mean, of a it's season. I ex- mean, it's acceptable. Yeah, it, well, and they're, they're fun to <laughs> they're watch. They're 58-13-4. and four. They scored a goal the other day where three guys had a chance to shoot from five feet out, and all three passed. Eventually, Kucherov had a wide-open net, and the other team was left scratching their heads. They are as exciting a team as we've seen in the National Hockey League in a long, long time. Dallas will be home to Pittsburgh. Flames at the Canucks. Detroit in Vegas. Ducks take on the Kings. Finals from earlier. Devils beat the Coyotes 2-1 in a shootout. So the Devils beat... Edmonton, Vancouver, well, Arizona got a point out of it at least. Well, they, so they still beat them, they're though. They're wrecking things in the West. Islanders over the Flyers, 4-2. Big win for the Avalanche, 4-2 over Chicago. Those two teams play again tomorrow. And right here at Rogers Place, Senators over the Oilers, 4-3 in overtime. Okay, Mike and Clayton, I'm going to get to you after the 5.30 news. You'll also hear from Darnell Nurse, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Breaking free is White. He barrels his way down the middle. Open is Bobby Ryan. Wrist shot. Save made by Koskinen. Point blank look for Bobby Ryan. Koskinen, a monumental, perhaps season-saving save, Bob. Now you got a chance to get him here. Well, Koskinen made one save in overtime, couldn't stop the other shot, but that was his save of the game for Jiffy Loop. Get winter ready at jiffyloopservice.ca. 5.33, thanks for joining us. Senators over the Oilers, 4-3 in overtime. The winning goal coming 2.09 into the extra session. Just two shots in overtime, both by the Senators. Edmonton didn't get an official shot on goal. Well, finally a team is listened to our show and and decided when you play against the Edmonton Oilers, you have to play two defensemen. You can't go two forwards versus Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. It's just a recipe for disaster. And uh, the Ottawa Senators, they started started two defensemen. They went to their next shift. They had two defensemen as well. And it gives you a fighting chance. And you could see when they deployed the defenseman, Tom Shabbat, he was yelling at Peugeot, who was a centerman, and he's pointing, you've got cleft bomb. Let the defenseman take Leon and take uh, Connor. And you saw on the, the play that they scored the, the, the winning goal, that the, because they had defensemen back, they knew how to play a two-on-two much better than a forward. And I, I'm talking from experience as a forward. When you're thrown into a position where you're backing up, usually you're just trying to keep the guy not let him get by you. You'll give up all the gap in the world. You let him crisscross anywhere he wants. You just don't want to be made look foolish. And when you got Leon and Connor who can make good defensemen look foolish, they certainly are going to make a lot of forwards look bad back there. And the Ottawa Senators threw three defense, two defensemen out there and limited the chances that the Oilers had. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Mike standing by. Mike, thanks for waiting through the news there, buddy. Go ahead. Hey, Reed and Rob, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks for calling. I didn't like the penalties by Nurse and Lucic. I thought those were uh, 
kind of uh, not good ones to take. But uh, uh, that that on that third goal, I'm not sure who the winger was on the right hand side there. But if he drops back when Clef bombs, you know, heading towards the net, that uh, two on one is kind of taken away, and that goal probably doesn't happen. So you're right. They, yeah, yep, absolutely. The, the Oilers, and I don't. I know Leon was the guy in chase mode. I. I never saw a good enough replay. I was watching where Clefbaum was going. I never saw a good enough replay to see who should have stayed back. But absolutely. I, I don't think Clefbaum needs to go there. But certainly when, once he does, there is a forward that has to get back in defensive positioning, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, and uh, on that last goal, you know, in, in overtime there, uh, <laughs> kind of looked like we were watching the Calgary Stampede. There was a lot of shenanigans on McDavid. Uh, so to... So Ottawa, Ottawa could make that a two-on-one, like he was hooked and held, and, and away they went. But uh, I guess I won't cry over that after the mistakes we made to, yeah, to to make it that. But uh, I guess getting a point out of that, uh, I'm gonna roll to the Princess Bride uh, line. We're only mostly dead. <laughs> That's a good one, Mike. Thanks for calling, man. Well, and you touched on the uh, the Lucic penalty for sure. Uh, was an unnecessary one. And, and you're right about that play, too. When I was watching that and Ottawa carried the puck out, I was almost like, wait, two on one? How? Like It, it just it seemed to be like it would have been just an innocent breakout for them. And we should give uh, Gibbons credit, too. I think he knocked that out of the air. It was a good play. And, again, when Leon Dreisaitl is going towards the net and he's trying to beat the guy one-on-one, and when the puck became free and Connor McDavid committed to going forward, if it's a 50-50 puck and he doesn't get it, well, now Ottawa's looking up ice. So if the, when the puck doesn't get knocked in the, the way Connor wants it, Ottawa's already going the right way, and Leon and Connor are going the wrong way. So that had two-on-one written all over it. We've seen it a number of times where it's benefited the Oilers this year, where a play gets broken up in front of the Oilers' net, and Connor, Connor and, and Leon turning it into a two-on-one, usually finishing off the game. Uh, that's what you get in, in three-on-three hockey. It, one bad bounce goes from a scoring chance from one team into a scoring chance for the other. Uh, I thought the Ottawa Senators, Mark Crawford, he may not have used Gretzky at the right time in a shootout in the Olympics oh, years oh, ago, but I thought he made a right decision tonight throwing two defensemen out there. Mark Crawford used Theo Fleury, Ray Bork, Joe Newendike, Eric Lindros, and Brendan Shanahan in that shootout. That was our face-off trivia question. Pratik knew it. Well, he had to name three of the five. So he gets his name into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card, courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved, alpinecredits.ca. Yeah, he used Ray Bork, who had never had a breakaway in his entire NHL career, 20-year NHL career, or 20-plus. Well, I'm sure he one at some point. I'm going to still say no, he never did. Instead of the greatest <laughs> goal scorer in the history, of the National Hockey League. Wayne Gretzky sat on the bench and watched. All right, we'll get to finish the play in a second with Clayton, but let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's defenseman Darnell Nurse. Were you guys aware, uh, obviously, about the, the games uh, before you tonight in terms of uh, other teams picking up points and that? Are you kind of scoreboard watching at this point? Uh, a little bit. Like I said, when you, you, know, you don't get... Uh, you know, the more points you give up, the more fate you take out of your own hands. So you have to look at, uh, you definitely check what's going on around Lee. What do you think, uh, Leon just said, felt like you guys had a hard time grabbing hold of that game. What, what did you sense was missing for, for the bulk of it? Yeah, no, that's it. Um, we had a, a good control in parts uh, when we played our you know, strong, heavy, low game. Um, 
But that's a team that's very, uh, very gifted offensively when you open it up. Uh, that's kind of like the game, the game style that they play. So, um, yeah, we didn't uh, play enough. Didn't take a grab of it, like you said, didn't take a hold of the game. Um, and uh, we should You've had a couple of these games, like New Jersey and Ottawa, where teams that you thought you were going to or should have beaten. Is this the stuff that's going to haunt you guys if this doesn't go the way you want? Uh, this is the NHL. you got to show up every night. Every every team is capable of beating you. So, um, yeah, you could look at each and each and every team or, you know, go team by team. But uh, the reality of our situation is that we need as many points as possible no matter who we're playing. And uh, we didn't uh, get the two tonight. Thanks, sir. Brendan Escott working the Oilers dressing room. That is Darnell Nurse after the Oilers' 4-3 overtime loss to the Senators. Nurse today, an assist, plus two, took a penalty that the Senators scored on. He played 22 minutes and 46 seconds. All right, we will bring Clayton onto the show. Clayton, thanks a lot for calling. What's on your mind today? Well, you guys uh, touched on a few things already, uh, so I won't harp on it too much. But, of course, you know, it's kind of frustrating when you – start watching the game and you're into it and then you see Lucic just make a lazy play and then you're down right off the bat, you know. It, it's really, it's uh, almost commonplace, it seems, some games. But uh, anyway, that and, and you know, some, some of these some of these plays, it just seems like common sense. But, uh, you know, players jumping into the play, not just the cleft bomb play tonight, but there, there's a lot of guys that put themselves in bad positions, and I don't know if it's not thinking or just <laughs> I really don't know because, you know, some games they play great and they're into every play, their sticks are active, and then other nights uh, they're watching the puck, you know? Yeah. Well, I think those are good points, Clayton, and, and inconsistency, right? I mean, good teams are consistent, or when they have an a bad game, they're still good enough and or deep enough to to get something out of it, or have a poor five or six game stretch and you know still still win three or four of those. So yeah, and you're right about the uh, the Lucci and the Oilers didn't start the game well no. anyway. I mean they were hemmed in the first three minutes of the game. I think that was the first time they had a face off in the Ottawa zone when Lucic got the penalty. So they didn't start the game well. They 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 didn't. You know, Ottawa was cycling the puck, and they couldn't stop it. They couldn't get the puck down the ice. No, the Ottawa centers came in with a game plan, and they were played it to perfection. And I think the Oilers, uh, they needed more. They, they just didn't have the complete desperation that they needed. And I, I know that the the one question for Darn- Darnell Nurse was, is this a game that's going to haunt you? And I loved his answer. He said, every team in the National Hockey League is capable of winning on any given night, just no matter what they have in the lineup. All these guys are playing in the National Hockey League for a reason. And a, a team in Ottawa that may lack skill, they, they have other intangibles that they brought tonight, and that was a work ethic and a battle. And that was uh, good enough for the Oilers because their work ethic and their battle was a little bit better than the Oilers was tonight. And I know that Hitch touched on it in his post-game, and I, and I really agree with them just sitting up here watching. They're fast. And this is a league that is getting faster and faster every season. And the Oilers team is not a a fast hockey club. And they got taken advantage of at times tonight uh, against an Ottawa team that they may not be skilled, but they are certainly quick, and it costs the Oilers many, many times. All right, Clayton, we are going to finish the play with you. 
You have already earned an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking. That's the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park for as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. We are also hoping to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun, fasttrackkartingedmonton.com. Darnell Nurse is on his way to the box, and Ottawa will be given a second power play this afternoon. Senators scored on their first chance. Could be a double minor here. Bobby Ryan got high-sticked. All right, did it turn out to be a double minor, Clayton, to Darnell Nurse? Yes or no? No, I did not. You are correct. We're going to put your name into that draw for Fast Track Indoor Karting. Are you a big uh, karting guy? Have you ever done that before? I have not, no. It's it's too fast for me. I stick to golf where I can just walk and push my cart. You push a cart? You don't take a driving cart? No, I yeah, I push my I don't, don't drive. I walk with oh, my that's push good, my cart. Yeah. Good I don't carry my clubs. That would be another level of athleticism <laughs> that I could not get to. Clayton, thanks for calling. Well, uh, Kellen will take your uh, your your info as uh, you are all over finish the play for sure. All right, and you can get us at 780-496-0063. Uh I mean, tough game for the Oilers. I want to talk about a couple of nice plays that we saw tonight, too. Alex Chason, I, I've, he's one of those players I kind of appreciate watching. Mm-hmm. When he got the breakaway, and we have a gr- obviously a great view. We're yes. so lucky to watch the game up top here. As soon as the – before Nurse even gathered in the puck, Chason was basically in front of the Ottawa bench, and you could he, he wove through two Ottawa players, got his stick ready, and, and – broke right into the open to get that pass and you know obviously to play in the NHL you have to see plays two three five seconds ahead of time but you know he's a smart player I've told the story numerous times about how he's had to figure out other ways to get open and create opportunities because he was checked harder Mm -hmm. once he had a 45 percent shooting rate off the start of the season and then he got in and finished the chance too. Yeah it was a nice play by both him and Darnell Nurse. Nurse was the one that spot him and an absolute bullet pass right on the blade that allowed Jason not to have to break stride, but yeah, Jason's a smart hockey player. He's a professional. Uh, he, I know, he went through a, a long stretch where he wasn't able to continue the pace that he had earlier in the season, but he never changed the way he played. He kept going forward, and and he's kept creating opportunities for his teammates when the things weren't going in for himself. But that was a nice goal. That was a nice move. Anderson, who had a very very good game today, he he beat him clean, and uh, he's got a, an advantage. He's got. He's rangy. He's got a long uh, arm width that he, when he brings the puck from one side to the other, as he took it from forehand to backhand, that's a long way that the goalie has to move. And Anderson wasn't able to move fast enough. So uh, a big goal at the time but for Chason, who just continues to add to his career high, and I believe that was his 21st yep. goal of the season. Again, and this is what is so absolutely dumbfoundingly amazing about this Oilers team this year, Connor McDavid... Has got a new career high for points. Well, well he he tied it. Tied yeah, it. So well, he so he's going to have a career high for points. Leon Draisaitl a career high for goals and points. Chase on career high for goals. Nurse career high, I believe for points. Um, Nuge. Nuge career high for goals and points. And points. Yep. And Cassian uh, he's tied his career, high, career high for goals. So that's six players right there who are having career high offensive seasons. Mm-hmm. And this team is. Six points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. Chason is is an interesting player to me. You know, there was speculation at the deadline. Will they move him? Could the Oilers possibly just re-sign him? 
I wonder what's going to be happen. He's a very, I, I, I almost hate using this word because it sounds, it almost sounds complimentary and demeaning at the same time, but I don't mean it to be demeaning. He's a very useful player. I was gonna, it's funny, the word yeah. serviceable was coming in my right, head. Right, but so, I mean, last year against Washington, you know, he and again, he didn't play all the playoff games. Mm-hmm. He, they, they actually didn't use him in the Stanley Cup final. I think he played about two-thirds of their playoff games. And the way I look at a player like Alex Chason, if he's on your fourth line or like Washington where you are scratching him sometimes, you probably got a really, really good team. Yes. If he's on your third line, you probably got a decent team. And if he's on your first or second line, you're probably the Oilers. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is where so, and, and that's not taking away from him, but if, if he could be slotted in on the Oilers in a position where, okay, you're a bottom six forward, and when we need somebody to move up, you're smart enough and have enough you know, your hands are good enough to finish the odd chance because, I mean, that, that's he made a good move. Very that, good. That was a good move today, and I think most of the guys on the Oilers' third or fourth lines probably aren't showing that type of finish around the net. No, he's got 21 goals in the next yeah, and, and, yes. and I doubt he's yeah. going to repeat that next year because oh, the, the shooting percentage was so high early. When you start getting into your depth players, you need to find roles that they can succeed, and you need to find roles where they can eat up minutes. As we've seen this year, uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, 24, 25 minutes a night, they have to play because they've, when they're not on the ice, it's a different team. But if you can get a guy that plays on your third or even your fourth line that can play power play, or you got a guy in your third or fourth line that become penalty killers, well, that all of a sudden eats some minutes, and you're not overtaxing your star players who have to play every single uh, part of the game, power play, penalty kill, five on five. So that's what you try to find. You don't want a third or fourth line guy that's only going to play six minutes. Honestly, it, it, when you have that kind of uh, third or fourth line, it's not helping the team enough. You're really just, you're like almost a bookmark, okay? We're going to put you out on the ice for 45 seconds just to allow our other players to, to rest. So if you got guys that play, so if Chason becomes a fourth line guy for the Edmonton Oilers that also picks up you know, two and a half, three minutes a night playing power play time. Well, now you've just, you've got the benefit of a guy that can play fourth line minutes. He gets five, six minutes of that and then play another three minutes of power play. So now you're up to nine, ten minutes. And that's what you want out of a fourth line player. That's why the next general manager of, of the Edmonton Oilers will look at an Alex Chason and say, all right, is this someone that we could slot in a sit, certain situation, certain position in our lineup that allow us to benefit from him being on the team. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Senators. You'll hear from their head coach, Mark Crawford, when we get back. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Brady Kachuk, two goals for the Senators, including the overtime winner. Ottawa takes down the Oilers 4-3. Edmonton gets the single point. They're 33-34 and 8 on the season. Ottawa coached by Mark Crawford. Here he is, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License and Solvency Trustees. Mark, how, uh, how satisfying was this victory? Um, yeah, it was really satisfying. You, know, you need success uh, in order to uh, keep the guys uh, focused in on the, doing the right things. And, you know, I thought we played a really good game. It was one of the most complete games that we've played. You know, 
uh, we're going to make a few mistakes and we made a couple mistakes in coverage uh, but you know tonight we didn't complicate things we didn't uh, uh, make two or three mistakes on uh, on many plays out there uh, I thought we advanced the puck really well I thought that our guys were uh, very very good in their competitiveness and uh, you know it really helped to have the influx of skill that we got you know even though Tierney only played a little bit you know he, he's just good with the puck and uh, battled hard after having the, the flu and, and all the symptoms that he had. didn't play much but he helped us and then all the other guys coming out and back in Pager I mean he's been terrific I thought White was really good tonight and Shabbat I mean what a difference it makes when our defense has Thomas Shabbat on it I mean he made the outstanding play uh, to Bobby Ryan on the goal I mean that's a that's a world-class uh, play and uh, you know we got two power play goals tonight largely because of of his presence and and the other story tonight of course is Andy um, he's had a tough tough time and he, everybody knows how much it was weighing on him to get the victory and uh, you know now that he's got it you saw the big smile on his face and that's players are human uh, they they know um, that they've it's about results in this business and he got one tonight and and hopefully that'll spur him on to get a few more results as we finish off the season Scott Johnson work in the Sens room they are coached by Mark Crawford at least on an interim basis he took over well, after the last game between these two teams when Edmonton won in Ottawa and Guy Boucher was fired. Yeah, Craig Anderson, 11-7-1 uh, now against the Oilers in his career with uh, f- with five shutouts, which is a pretty pretty overwhelming stat. Uh, he, he was good tonight. And, you know, I thought Koskinen was having a good game, but then obviously, and several people have noted it, the shot in off the glove on the overtime winner. Yeah, on a 2-on-1, I don't, I don't put a whole lot into that. Um, he, he's playing both guys. Uh, you, you're going to get beat somewhere on a two-on-one shot. I mean, the the two-on-one goal that uh, Anderson gave up on on McDavid was that not glove side too? So do you say, well, he's. I mean, it was his glove side. You got got to make that save. So uh, Koskinen came up with a huge save just before that, as I think it was Bobby Ryan walked right down the middle in overtime had a chance to win the game for the Ottawa Senators and actually Jack made the call could that have saved the Edmonton Oilers season unfortunately Koskinen needed to make another big save and wasn't able to do it uh, the Oilers lost the specialty teams the Oilers lost the goaltending battle and normally when you lose those two things you lose the hockey game alright so the Oilers next game will be on Tuesday when they host the Los Angeles Kings we have it for you on 630 Ched with the face off show at 530 and the game will start at 7 you can always get more on 630Ched.com coming up to 6 o'clock here 730 in this building Oil Kings Medicine Hat game 1 of their Western Hockey League playoff series thanks to Troy Bowler our engineer at Rogers Place and to Patrick Bauer the studio producer today back at 630 Ched on behalf of Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins you've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. The Senators win it 4-3 in overtime. Have a great weekend, everybody.